Why are laws failing to protect women from violence, and what is being done to change this? Join us as we explore these questions and more. This is Spotlight, Justice for Women, a podcast from the Wilson Center. Justicia para las mujeres. Las leyes no son suficientes. I'm Olivia Soledad, Program Assistant for the Wilson Center's Mexico Institute and your host for this episode of Spotlight, Justice for Women. In recent months, Mexico has been grappling with the coronavirus pandemic. In addition, reported levels of violence in the country remain high. In just the first four months of 2020, 987 women and girls were murdered, with the number for April breaking a five-year record. I am joined today by Professor Silvia Nunez, who is a former director for the Center for North American Research at the National Autonomous University in Mexico, and is currently a professor with the International Relations Program at the School of Political Science. Sylvia is also a former fellow of the Wilson Center and currently sits on the advisory board for the Mexico Institute. Sylvia, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Olivia. This is a great opportunity for me and a, and a pleasure to have this conversation with you and all uh, the Wilson Center and Mexico Institute followers. Thank you. So I want to kick right off. The COVID-19 pandemic has been referred to as the great equalizer, meaning that the virus itself does not discriminate and anyone, no matter their race, gender, or status, can get infected by the virus and suffer greatly by it. However, globally, we have seen that COVID-19 disproportionately affects vulnerable communities. How have you seen this pattern in Mexico? Have you observed groups or communities that have been most affected by the virus, either directly or indirectly? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, let, me, uh, let me begin by saying that I agree with you in terms that uh, COVID-19 is a global challenge in itself. But uh, we need to consider that uh, the pandemic risks are unequally distributed among, among highly developed nations in comparison to emerging and underdeveloped countries. So um, in this issue, I would like to address that the situation of Mexico it needs to be seen um, a in a very particular way because uh, social and economic inequality is a huge driver against uh, people that is suffering from this pandemic. If we consider that uh, the levels of poverty, for example, in, in Mexico, um, in terms of the Gini index, it's equal to 0.48 of uh, the, this index. That means that more than 52.4 million pe people in Mexico experience poverty, and many of them are, are, are of course, uh, women and children that are already suffering uh, from inequality in social economic terms, but also because of lack of access to, to good housing and, uh, and health services. Absolutely. And um, just to tie it back to the security situation that we've seen in Mexico, how do you see these same factors that place these groups um, in a vulnerable category, not only to the pandemic? Um, does this have any relation to, to the situation of violence in Mexico? Yes, of course, it, it, it has uh, an immediate uh, relation. Everything, all, uh, all the elements we, we have uh, discussed right here, in terms of poverty, uh, uh, imagine women who, who are um, struggling to have a decent way of living. They live in, in a small place, has no access to hygiene facilities. 
but uh, they have to uh, to cohabit with uh, with um, the, their male partner, and you also may find the elderly family members living with them, even disabled people and children. So uh, there is uh, uh, th th there is the potential possibility of having uh, domestic violence along all these uh, along all these uh, groups. Either this violence can be physical or psychological. So on the issue of domestic violence, Mexico has reported spikes to their 911 emergency line for calls relating to domestic violence. And Mexico's National Shelter Network has also reported that their own emergency line has been overwhelmed with requests for help, particularly from women. And you've touched on groups that are having a hard time seeking treatment and help for COVID-19 that includes women and children. Are these same groups struggling to find resources that can help them if they're living a violent situation at home? Well, yes, it does. Um, let me give you another number to try to, to clarify what, uh, what I'm trying to explain here. Uh, the, the, the big problem also that Mexico faces is that we do not have enough uh, uh, shelter facilities, for example. When women and children are experiencing uh, uh, violence, uh, domestic violence, it's very difficult for them to, to, to have a, an alternative. That is to say, to, to have a speedy access to, to shelter. For example, the, the numbers say that uh, it, along the, the COVID pandemic, the, the, the demand for access into shelters have increased almost 13% at the national level. But in some cases, this, uh, this number raises up to 50% demanding for access to, to, to a shelter. Yes, it's definitely a very alarming increase. And if I'm not mistaken, a lot of these shelters, too, that are meant to provide um, support for families have had to close for various reasons during the pandemic. I'm remembering last year in 2019, the president of Mexico, Andres Manuel López Obrador, also canceled funding for daycares. Um, instead opting to give the money directly to families. And he's made several changes to institutions in Mexico that are meant to provide these services. And I was just wondering what you think he's done, or not only just the president, but the Mexican government during this time to try to strengthen resources for vulnerable groups, such as the elderly, families, children. Um, have you seen them really take on this responsibility? And what sorts of changes have you seen them um, try to do during the pandemic to cope with these effects? I believe it, it was uh, so unfortunate uh, that uh, the current government decided to to uh, dismantle the, the the previous system we had in, in, in terms of daycare centers for for um, women uh, that uh, needed to leave their children in a in a nurse, nursery facility because they needed to work outside the home. And, and this was the, uh, uh, the done because the argument was there, that there, there were so uh, much corruption embedded in this uh, strategy that uh, it, it needed to be uh, cleared and uh, uh, the, uh, the president decided that it, it was much better to, to give some money for, for, uh, for the families, for the mother, so that she would decide uh, what to do with the children, uh, if uh, she would try to, to get um, 
a nanny or maybe ask uh, some relative to take care of the children. Anyway, uh, the situation is that uh, this money, first of all, is not enough. Um, secondly, um, you are putting a lot of children in risk because, uh, because if they are not in the hands of an institution that have special activities, for example, that are very good for, for small children, in terms of um, the, the starting to, well, they are in the learning, learning stage, and they might be also exposed to violence uh, from the people that are looking after them. Definitely. And as we have discussed, home for many people is not the safe haven that we would like to imagine. And we know that domestic violence and violence against women is not a new issue. It has been on the rise for a long time now. Um, so how do you see women specifically faring in this situation since the pandemic also places them at greater risk? So going back to the, uh, the, the, the issue of women, and we, we need to understand that the, the, there is a symbiotic relation between the precarious and, viol and violent situation of many women and children in Mexico. Uh, for example, a single mother house, household experienced higher poverty levels. Uh, the same as in many countries, uh, one of them the United States. But uh, uh, child poverty in Mexico is uh, really, was really uh, very high uh, since the year 2017. The United Nations UNICEF um, mentioned that uh, uh, there were more than 30 million children in Mexico and 51% of them uh, we're already living in poverty three wow. years ago. You know that uh, we don't know that this year, uh, uh, amid the pandemic, Mexico was uh, uh, was performing a, a, a national census. So we don't know the the current numbers, but I'm pretty sure that COVID-19 will have a a, a, a a tremendous impact in terms of the number of children in poverty. That paints a really dire, dire picture. And I just want to then ask, you know, what avenues are there um, for these people that are in belong to these vulnerable categories? Are there um, other institutions or work that is being done specifically on this issue to try to better their situation for the COVID pandemic that can still help them even after the pandemic? There are many organizations doing the, the, the best they can. But unfortunately, the, 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 the level of, uh, of problems we face now is not going to be enough. Um, I am I'm so happy in terms of recognizing that when we talk about, uh, uh, when we talk about the women, um, the, there is uh, the creation of a, a new observatory that I am very, very proud the, the, this was uh, launched just uh, three days ago. Um, it is called the Gender and COVID-19 Observatory, and its wow. purpose is to mo monitoring the obstacles against guaranteeing and exercising women's rights in Mexico, but also the, uh, the, the human rights of a vulnerable population. They are including uh, a real uh, let me tell you that uh, this uh, uh, this uh, is a sort of a, a, a qual uh, an effort being done by a co coalition of different uh, NGOs. 
uh, LGBT uh, groups, but also women groups, and, and, uh, people that are supporting um, um, native communities, and uh, also the, the university, the National University of Mexico, uh, are, are truly committing as a whole in, uh, to advocate, but also to follow up the increasing violence in Mexico against all these, uh, all these groups. Uh, due to the confinement, and also the, they they are going to 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 pay special attention to to the protection uh, of human rights, and also to denounce any public policies that would interfere against human rights. Uh, one of them, for example, is to to try to 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 do something against this, uh, such advertisements. Uh, some of the ones we 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 have been watching in in the media in Mexico now that they're trying to normalize, for example, violence against women. And these advertisements are by the government. By the government, um, one uh, shows a, a, a woman in in her confinement, her home, and she is uh, portraying a, a white banner requesting requesting peace, peace to, uh, to her partner. In her home. Yeah, in her home. And another one um, it has the same, as, the same image, uh, but uh, it has, um, uh, it has a, le- uh, a, legend, a legend saying that uh, it is by patient and by counting uh, from one till ten that uh, violence uh, uh, at home can be diminished. Well, Sylvia, those sound a little problematic to me because it almost sounds like these government ads are insinuating that the women carry the burden of diminishing tension that could otherwise develop into an attack or an act of violence. So it's like they're saying that if women were to take certain actions, including holding a white flag or counting to 10, that their likelihood of suffering violence in their home would diminish. And so these ads are focusing on what the women can do um, rather than addressing the party that is actually inflicting harm on a family member. And that problem is very real. So does the government still stand behind this campaign? Is it still being promoted? I have, uh, if you look it up, you can still find it in, in the internet. But um, the creation of these uh, 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 gender and COVID-19 observatory is looking forward to try to to forbid this situation. So local organizations or NGOs don't approve of this campaign um, style. What, what do they see being wrong with it? Yeah, because uh, the, the situation is that this, this kind of, a, uh, of advertisement is trying to normalize, you know, normalizing the situation of violence. And uh, this is absolutely uh, un- unacceptable. Well, it sounds like that um, observatory is doing very important work. And I just want to finish up by asking, um, what do you think then Mexico itself, you know, we've talked about through this conversation about vulnerable groups in Mexico, have they've, how they've been disproportionately affected by the pandemic, how institutions that are supposed to provide them with help are at a greater reach than they maybe even normally would. Um, what do you think would be the best strategy now, seeing as 
the government is making these campaigns, so they do, in some sense, acknowledge the problem um, or see that there's reason to make efforts to diminish violence within the home. What do you think is the best path forward for the government or the best way for these families to find the help that they need during the pandemic? I believe that uh, some of the answers uh, for for this uh, very difficult situation in, in many in, in many spheres of Mexican society um, can only be um, can only be uh, improved with an active citizenry. That is to say that uh, the organize uh, the, the role of organized uh, civil society is a key component in terms of demanding uh, uh, that the, 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 the public policy outcomes in Mexico, the, the, we need strong, uh, positive uh, outcomes of, of, of public policies in Mexico, but we also need to develop new ways to guarantee transparency in the implementation of these public policies and uh, with the surveillance of, of um, an active citizenry, that, that is to say that uh, we still are in a phase where more Mexicans need to get involved and need to be more actively involved in demanding the government to provide care uh, for all in Mexico, special, especially for the most vulnerable. The Mexican, um, uh, 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 so, so part of the Mexican society is still very passive and is waiting for, uh, let's say, a miracle that the government in itself is going to be able to, to bring all the solutions to them. This is not the right way to approach uh, um, the current situation. And I really hope that we, uh, as a whole, uh, we are learning that we all need to be together in this in this uh, in this struggle, uh, and we need to to be um, more passionate and more more socially conscious regarding that. Uh, it is us the the ones that uh, survey the government and their actions, and not in the opposite direction. Well, I want to thank you, Sylvia, for joining us today. I think your comments have showed us that similar to many countries, COVID-19 is not really acting as a great equalizer in Mexico and is instead acting as a great exacerbator, as certain scholars have called it, since the virus is magnifying inequalities that were already present prior to the pandemic. And this is disproportionately affecting vulnerable groups, especially women and children. So we look forward to discussing this topic more, and we thank you for your insights on the situation. Thank you for listening to Spotlight Justice for Women. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. For more information about femicide and gender-based violence in Latin America, visit our website, www.wilsoncenter.org slash gender-based violence. This podcast is brought to you by the Wilson Center with support from the Center's Brazil Institute, Latin America Program, Mexico Institute, and Maternal Health Initiative. Our thanks to Linda Roth, John Tyler, and the rest of the Wilson Center's communications team. Special thanks go to Aaron Jones, who not only produced this podcast, but composed the music. I'm Anya Prusa. Join me and my co-hosts 
Beatrice Garcia-Nice, and Olivia Soledad next time on Spotlight Justice for Women. Thanks for listening.